Yo, what's up, compadres? Welcome back to another episode. It is your host with the most from the West Coast, SB Press, reporting live from Mastermind Media. And you know I got the fellas with me today, but we got a special guest in the house, Mr. Foster Quarter. And please, let's go. Worst thing I ever did was go to a, a veteran's retreat for you know veterans because i had put that shit in a suitcase and locked it away right from right. the time i left so i had a life i was cool i didn't get up until during COVID when i ended up i was supposed to film a, a retreat with like 15 veterans and stuff right in uh, palm springs or joshua tree and COVID hit and the people had paid me and they said foster you don't have to get the money back but since you're a veteran why don't you, reach, you know, participate? We'd like for you to participate because it was online. It was Zoom. It was three days of intense shit with these different, um, I guess, you, instructors or stuff. You had mm-hmm. four of them every day, you right. know, and each session would be a half, um, no, 45 minutes. With And then you write about the session, what you got out, what you felt. And then at the end of the three days, they had you take all that writing and put it into a song or, or a poem oh, or something. Wow. Yeah. And since I, you know, that wasn't my thing, I put it into a little short film. Oh, you that's know, cool. And, Very nice. And I read it, you know, because what they did is they invite the families at the end. Oh, wow. To come in. And it was like 15 people. <laughs> a lot of people was <laughs> up. You know, they, they, they had problems. Right. I mean, no, yeah, issues. for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, again, I feel I've been blessed. There's a lot of people because I, I got a short right now called 20 a day. Um, and it's an anti-suicide short, you know, um, mm-hmm. for a veteran getting ready to take his life and, mm-hmm. you know, um, but doesn't. And yeah, there are a lot of vets with real, 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 real issues, yeah. you know, but I hadn't been one of them. Right. But after taking that shit for three days and being in the moment, see, I'm so f-ed up. If I could have faked, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm here, but I am not listening. I'm yeah. not, mm-hmm. not going to tell you my true emotions and how I feel about what I saw and how I did and what and other people. I'm not going to do I could have held back, but I can't live like that. So right. I'm right. Up. And so it opened this mother suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and just all kind of shit flew out. Yeah. So since COVID, I've been dealing with that. That's why... I wear, uh, you know, Vietnam vet hat because 50 years, man, I never even mentioned being a Vietnam vet to anybody. Mm. And that's that's all a trip, you know, it's all a trip. But I'm dealing with it creatively, you know, in Good. terms of putting my shit, you know, to help other people because mm-hmm. that's right. besides the vets, it's so many young people. Uh-huh. You know, y'all give up, you know, too quick. Yeah. She burned the coffee. I want a divorce. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 like, oh, ah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stick with. Yeah, it, you exactly. Know? Consistency, you know? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta, like we've been doing, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. That's right. That's Compadres, right. That was a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful way to start this episode Absolutely. off. Yes, it was. We can't say thank you enough, but we're gonna get into all that good stuff. All right, Compadres, you already know what the deal is. You already know who is to my right, Ilsa himself. Yep. And also Joe Rosati himself. What's happening? <laughs> you ain't laughing, like, you ain't living. I'm living, but I'm laughing a little too hard. 
But without further ado, let's get into the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, we have amazing artist, producer. <laughs> Somebody behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's all you, brother. It's all you. Big name in the entertainment game of all forms. Entrepreneur at his finest. When I say started from the ground and now we up here, this man, without further ado, Mr. Foster Coder, please. And gentlemen, give it up. Uh, a lot of first of everything, man. There's a lot of first, yeah, and I want to break into that. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you taking the time. I'm really looking forward to this. It was fun talking to you downstairs for a while, so yeah, this is going to sure. be a great time. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for inviting me, man. I'm, Absolutely. I'm always open to um, share, you know, in every right. way. You know, and I got to tell you, it was really, really refreshing uh, to walk in and meet you guys and say, oh, it's a, a group of smart young guys. <laughs> Yeah, my mom used to have a saying, right? She said, when you first walk in the room, they're going to assume you're a fool. When you open your mouth, you prove it. You know, so to walk in the room, I'm very uh, receptive to what people say. And in the first five minutes, you can tell who people are. You know, and you guys all passed the test. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That is a very true yeah. statement, and I'm that glad I passed, so though. That's good. That is so true. That is so true. Absolutely right, man. Mm. I read the room just the same way. So right. We try so to be good. A1 from day one. Yeah, yeah. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we definitely, definitely want to get this started off with our segment, Let It Fly. Okay. We're going to throw some images back here on the screen. Uh -huh. First thing to come to mind, okay. let it fly. Man, this should be fun, right. man. You're going you right. to you like this. So we, we dug deep this for the intro. This you, so you got to. Yeah, we dug real Take deep. Take down memory lane, maybe. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm. Oh, right. God, that's dangerous. All, All right. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm game. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's try. All right. We got a little bit of everything. So. Gotcha. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. Hey, got to love it. Wow. Okay. I, I I hope we can all be him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Girlfriend. Eight months pregnant. She's 29, dude. Who is that? Really? That's uh, Al Pacino. That's Al Pacino. Oh, right? that's, She's that's 29, bro. That's the man. God himself. bless him. 83. 83. At Viagra's. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> 83 Viagra and still going strong, y'all. I mean, I don't know what happened on the Irishman when De Niro and Bacino were working together, but they both popping them all out now. And they, they both up there, bro. They taking them double Viagra. Yeah, they doing something, bro. You think, they taking them double yeah. You think Blue Chew has anything to do with this? I was just going to say, uh, Blue shout out to Blue Chew. That right. was for them to sponsor us. That's right. Blue Chews all day. Right. <laughs> I mean, 29. 29. I laugh. He got, you know, I mean. I keep on thinking. I, take I, I my should, hat off you know, I w yeah, I always talk about shouldn't date younger woman. Well, I'm like, oh, shit, he's doing it. <laughs> right. Well, he's got, he's got money. Yeah, so. he right. does. He I does. laugh when I see dudes younger than me buying those uh, rhino pills and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> right. And Already? he's still getting it. Oh, <laughs> hey, man. No, that's amazing. So all, off to Pacino. Good for Pacino. I just, you know, I. Like I told, just said, I think it's crazy. I couldn't believe it when I, yeah, when I, about this I, I said the same thing. I was like, Damn, good for him, though. Yeah, yeah God bless him, man. Yeah, I mean, lost him. I was like, really? He was like, but, no, for real. I was like, okay. Right. But, it's real. But, you know, it's it's unfair to the kid. Yeah, yeah, of course like, it is. Kind of. Yeah. You know, you're never, I never knew my daddy. He was 83 <laughs> when I... 
Got well, 80, he was 84 when I was born. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was paying people to play catch with yeah. him. <laughs> Someone else taught me how to ride a bike. He just observed. Exactly. He'll have that Pacino yeah. name though. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's gonna go far for him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. All right, what we got next, big dog? <laughs> Oh, oh that's, that's, that's Rick James, ain't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Street the songs. King. Party. Yeah. Man, that, uh, a good portion of my life. It was a good time all of Rick James's years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's a very freaky girl. Right. Right. That's a great song. You know, that's, just, that's the basic, the, what, the back, background sound in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, now, now, I know they least loosely played with this and stuff, but I really want to know if he really said... Yo, couch in that mm-hmm. moment. I really want to know if right, he was really right. stuff in the and yard Dave on Chappelle. somebody's couch or something. Because they have some crazy backstories on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, they're developing the TV series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That, that is cool. I would like to see that. Yeah. 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 When I think of that and I see that fo- that photo, you know, outside of the music, I just think it's the stories, man, and the craziness. And oh, I heard yeah. he was the king of, king of yeah. Los Angeles, king oh, of New no. York, wherever he, he was, was at that time. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah. He was at the top of the food chain. Top of the food chain. He did it right, you know. And and again, when I was telling you guys about all the great artists out of young, you know. Another right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's Mm -hmm. like so many of them just burn out. Give their all to everybody and then burn out, huh? (laughs) One day we'll find out, you know, because it's something um, about the universe that, if they don't burn out, they get taken out, you know. But That's I true. mean, the, you know, the, the Michael Jacksons, the Princes, the Marvin Gaye's. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. Um, so I don't know. One day we'll all be able to ask what that is. Right. That's right. right. That's right. Why, That's right. Why that is, you know. But you know, thank God we have them while we have them. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, when I get there, he likes my moonwalk. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, his music's been sampled through so, so much stuff, man. Yeah. It's just, un, you know. MC Hammer, you know, the names go on, and, and I know he knows about So many MC people Hammer. were able to make something of themselves <laughs> off of, you know, sampling these individuals' music. So. Right. Cool, cool, cool. I think we're ready for the next one, Big Dog. What else? Jim Brown, you're serious at a comeback of 47. Hey, you just what the boring NFL needs. I remember this when it came out. I mean, the being, too, being, I being a the man. fan and getting Sports Illustrated at that time, I remember that, but... He could have played. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. you know, you know, rest in peace. Jim Brown was such a icon yeah, in so many ways. So yeah, yeah that's funny. I that's saw funny, this the man. other day. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's hilarious, yeah, man. No. You know, the Raiders thing isn't even the thing. It's no, just the man, it's you know. The man. And, yeah. and for him to even, uh, you know, for this to even be out there. But yeah, uh, rest in peace, Jim Brown. Yeah, he yeah. gave he it all. to a lot. He, yeah. he gave it, was it all. Amazing. He did it. He did it. And again, one of the things that he said was. That was right on. You know, he took a lot of heat about it, about how the athletes of this time, the black athletes, don't don't use their power and their voices, you know, to stand up for, you know, what's right and help move move things forward, you know, because Jim came through at a really rough time, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we think we got it bad now with some of the the clan pushers of. You know, and again, we ain't talking politics, but just the world of that whole supremacy thing. 
back then, mm -hmm. it was real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Now, the good people of, of the world understand that's a, based in hate and ignorance and other stuff. But back then, it was just common, you know, common, common knowledge. Just thing, that's what you do. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, he, Jim gave it all. Big time sure. historical pioneer right there, man. Yep. Pay the hot, pay your homage, please. Pay your homage. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. I think we're ready. Is that Julius? Yeah. Show enough. Is that the disco godfather? I duh. Show enough. Show enough. Man. Again. Bruce Leroy, right? Again, talking about great artists. Julius Carey got taken out young. You know, I mean. That's so sad, you know, because uh, he, he got taken out early, man. Disco Godfather, man. <laughs> Julius is such a good guy. Er, Chicago guy, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chicago, yep. man. Mm. Yep. Wow. Kiss, wow. Man, that glow. And the <laughs> saying, this is where it comes from, kiss my converse. He's the man for that. He's the man for that. <laughs> I mean, the the movie was just oh, yeah. amazing. That, I mean, I watched it. That as brings a kid back memories so many times. Mm -hmm. Wow! Uh, so and the visuals at the time were really cool too. So, yeah. I mean, it's a part staple of childhood for me. Right. I just think he was ahead of his time too at that time. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. it definitely it definitely helped a lot of uh, black families uh, get introduced to martial arts too. Absolutely, right. Man. So, especially at that time, I mean, we mm -hmm. would go to Blockbuster and you know, you know. Get the last dragon. I mean, I need other movies all the time. Right. I really ran it. But you know, again, his first movie was um, the Disco Godfather. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Dolomite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yep. Yep. Oh, sure sorry. was. Uh huh. Julius. <laughs> yes. 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 Who's yes. That? Who's that? <laughs> that is the great. Uh, Y'all give me with that one. That's my man. man. Yes. Yeah, that's the. Yes. That's definitely the greatest basketball player that ever picked up a basketball. I hear you. Bar none. You know, regardless of what anybody tells you, and they try to put the hype and bend the statistics, and oh yeah, the first one in six months or in thirty-two <laughs> mu minutes, and you know, to be the first. You know, yeah. That's the cat, you know. When you look at the stats, when you look at the records, he holds way more than anybody else, and they always will. <clears throat> but you know, I understand marketing and and you know the NBA and the kid and all the sports teams. You always have to make the audience feel like they're watching the best of all times. Right. You know, every year it's the best of all times. It never been. Give me a break. You right. know what I mean? It's, but it's certain things like. You know, Babe Ruth and, you know, certain icons of the business like Charlie Chaplin and such that they were always put up as the king, as this is the best that it can get. Nobody can't ever be better than that, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, But they won't do that in basketball. And, you know, most sports, other than, you know, it's still a lot of racism involved, even though the black, the NBA is, you know, 98% black. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still, you know. So, but Will Chamberlain, they don't give him the credit that he deserves for a lot of things because it's a lot of unknown things about Will Chamberlain and sports that they never even talk about, you know. So, 
And, um, you know, speaking of Jim Brown, they did things behind the scenes, you know, uh, and didn't go out front, you know, about. And um, him and Martin Luther King were like that. You know, they they held up um, <coughs> Dr. King's funeral um, for Wilt because his plane was late and stuff, you know. And um, But he he was behind the scenes of making a lot of stuff happen, um, not just with money, but, you know. His presence. Yeah, yeah. He, he did a lot of stuff. And he was my guy, man. He was to you, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take a drink to that too, man. Mm. One of a kind yeah. for sure. Oh man, this this I don't think this will ever happen again. And if it does, it's because no. the, the league has gotten a little soft. No. <laughs> a yeah. little soft. I mean, if it gets any softer, there shouldn't just, be a league. I'm trying. This is called what it is. I'm trying. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. his, his stat lines are un, people don't even compare him to anybody else because you can't exactly. It's 50, 50 a game, twenty five rebounds a game, and he can't. It's not even comparable. And he was a super athlete. Yeah. I heard he ran like a four 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 three mm-hmm. track. Track, track, fast man, high jump, just crazy athlete. High jump and um and the javelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, he he threw the javelin. It was just it's crazy. Incredible. I mean, I agree with everything you guys say, and I get upset he's never in that conversation. The goat. Yeah, yeah. But my other thing is his stat, his one stat no one talks about. <laughs> I think I know where you're going Uh-oh. with this one. Twenty thousand women. <laughs> <laughs> that man was a he was. <laughs> Balling on and off the court, he was he taking was, care of business. He was a boss. Yes, no he was. Boss. So I don't even know how he can come up with that number, but good for him. Well, uh, what? See, the whole thing is. Okay, <laughs> that's the original stick well, man, right? Yeah. Hey, look at that back. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, Pete right. Davidson, who? Right. Now wait a minute. I'll preface this okay, by saying, yeah, he was all that. Yeah. I, I witnessed. The wonders of the world. Right. My wife, my, <laughs> my wife was said, uh, what were you doing while Will was 20,000 years? <laughs> Guilty by association. And I was like, <laughs> keeping count. It's like, he was incredible. But he, what he didn't mean when he said, it, it got taken out of context. What he said was, if the average guy uh, the average person, guy, had been with 10, 15 women in his life. I've been with 20,000. What he meant was the, the average guy, and especially up until today. Today, everybody, sex is wide open, you know, mm-hmm. especially with the young people. You know, they, She's sleeping with Jim and Bob and Susan and Betty and you know <laughs> and getting around and Rex, you know, you know and right. maybe maybe uh, maybe Pookie, you know. You know what to say when them, when them purse dogs, you know, and, and him too, you know. Young people look at sex totally different today right. than uh, you know they have for years. But there was a time in this country where white guys were like super square. You know, white guys didn't have all of the the swag and the funk and the movement and the the relaxedness that they have today. You know, it's right. like it's like back in the day, especially when most most white guys were square. I mean, unless you you, know, you were the um, the Playboy Mansion types and stuff, and then you had a certain amount of money yeah, and man. a different. But the average guy, you know, only had maybe three women in his life. 
mm-hmm. you know, his high school girlfriend. Most of them married their high school girlfriend. And then if, you know, you got divorced from her, then, you know, you had a girlfriend or two, and then you married the third one, you know? So, right. so, and so, you know, speaking at that time when he said that, if the average guy's been with 10, 15 women in his life, and when you think back on it, and when you start counting your women, and, less, and, and it wasn't until the last 20 years that guys really became, was not just guys, women too, with the sexual freedom. Because mm-hmm. we had the, um, the Burn the Bra movement, which was a good time. Y'all missed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> was the, uh, the women's live movement. When, when women became free and it was the same, you know, when black people were getting the whole, the whole um, the, the the movement that yeah. was happening in the sixties exactly. and seventies, you know. Um, but when women free love, man, y'all missed it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all missed the world. Y'all missed the best stuff. Best times when they talk about the good old days. Right. <laughs> there are no other good old days in history. We were born during <laughs> like, the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. When women were burning their bras and women's freedom and women's rights came, right. that was one of the best times. In the world, <laughs> okay. because Went from you taboo to real, right? Oh yeah, mm. you go to a party, and a woman would say, "I like you. I want to you." <laughs> oh, come on. let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the best times in the world, right? Nah, so, man. so those things were going on. I know, and some people will say, "Well, it was a lot of negative." Yeah, it was a lot of negative stuff. But women had their freedom, and it changed the world. And you'll never see that again. You right. know, now, I mean, people trying to roll back. They can woman can't even have a baby or not if she wants to now <laughs> right. with the stuff that's going on. So but, do you think there's more negative going on now or then? Oh, now. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I know this show doesn't talk about politics and, mm-hmm. and religion and different things because it's divisive and everybody got their opinion, but right is right and wrong is wrong. Right. So agree. Bottom, yeah. bottom line is, um, yeah, it's, it's all, the, all the negative is based in hate. You know, that's where if you really get to the root of it, it doesn't matter. What's not, it, because for me, it ain't even religion if you can find hate. And if you hate mm-hmm. the other religion, something's wrong with your yeah, religion. Right. You know, that's that's yeah. think about it. Right yeah, it's, yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's supposed yeah. to be about you know, uplifting and, right. and a, a better, being a better person, a spirit or whatever. So it's the hate. If we remove the hate, it's all good, you know. Yeah. It's you got a different conversation, you know. I can't can't talk to you if you hate me, I, if I hate you, you know. We have where we're gonna start at, you know. Yeah. So, so let's remove the hate and then go from there. So anyway, oh, no. but was, enough was... for them. Oh no, <laughs> please, no, you, you got Mark back here like. Hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, don't even get me started. So yeah, we'll change that up. Yeah, yeah, Will was. See, again, I I know what, you know, they talk about the great lovers of the world. See, in that whole 20,000 thing, he wasn't boasting or bragging what he was talking about because Will appreciated women. And women appreciated Will. <laughs> right. You know, uh, he was different. He was the tall, dark, handsome, spoke five languages, you know, wow. built his own house. I mean, he had a house. That, his house was incredible, too. Um it was in books and stuff for a long time and because it had no right angles in it. And that's with, the one on Mulholland Drive. On Mulholland, yeah, 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 right next to Farrah Fawcett's house. And, yeah. You know, what I loved about it was you could, you could jump in the swimming pool in the living room. Oh, wow. You know, oh. Yeah, it was like a 
about biggest this table and a little one. Shit, you know there was some crazy ass nights in that living room. Stories going on there, man. Yeah, you could swim up under the house. Out to the swimming pool. Oh wow! It was like uh, there was some crazy shit yeah. going on there. Oh man! In his bedroom, yeah, man. right, right. <laughs> so he, this bedroom, it's, he had two king size water beds put put together. Wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that was in the downstairs room. Um, his bedroom was just two king size beds, right? But his bedroom was, it was amazing. <laughs> it's <laughs> like there was a pyramid over the bed, and. He could hit a button and the roof retract. Oh, so you're looking out into the stars and you know, and and you can see the Big Dipper. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and you see the Big Dipper inside the (laughs) (laughs) bed. Then you look over at her and like, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) And and uh, his curtains were on, you know, um, remote. So the room, half the room was like 180 was window and uh, wall where you could look out. Uh, um, over Beverly Hills and to the ocean. It was like, it was like the ticket, you know. And so this cat was unlike any other human being at that time. One, he's the, on top of the sports world. I mean, imagine what uh, LeBron and, and, you know, Kobe and all of the, you know, um, quarterbacks and stuff are today. Yeah. What was... And he had, he was educated. You know, he was so smart. The one thing I used to watch Will was um, <laughs> he had this one thing to separate him because w- women were attracted to him, of course, because his size and and what have you. <coughs> but he was just smooth, man. He was he was as smooth as any man would ever want to be. Right when. You know, being a man right. and being single, he wasn't ever married. He was he was confirmed bachelor, and that was his thing, being single. <laughs> but Will could speak languages. But the, we, the most amazing thing that I ever saw with Will Chamber, we meet a young lady, and no matter where she was from in the United States and a lot of countries, Will was, you know what. I'm from so and so too. <laughs> speaking it to her, yeah, like right, either from her little town in Chitlin Switch or or wherever she was from, right. he'd be the, from the next town. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you do you know how deep you have to be to be able to say and run a line like that? Yeah, man. Because you'd have to have traveled the entire world, the United States, and and you know the world. But because he played college basketball and then he went to the Globetrotters before he came to Mm -hmm, the NBA, he had been everywhere and seen everything. And he had the mind that was just just sharp. He he just remembered things like the diner in this little town in uh, Arkansas and da-da-da-da-da where you could get an ice cream float. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd say that kind of stuff to to women. And they'd be like, really? You're from Chile Switch, dude? <laughs> and, and he'd say, yeah, is this the high school still there on, the, on Fifth Avenue? And they'd be like, yes, oh, oh my God. And I'd be like, how? <laughs> then he turns over and looks and says, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know we That's have a friend right that there. would do that kind of shit, but he was full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Will, 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 yeah. I mean, that's crazy but, but because legit. it was it, legit. Yeah. Right, but the amazing part is I'm like, 
lady, don't you know, if Will Chamberlain was from your hometown, everybody in town would well, know. No. <laughs> you know, it would be a big deal. You would have grown up with signs and, well, and you know, different stuff. And I'm like, but just no, like, no. Just like times now. Yeah. And then, common sense is so common. <laughs> That's right. That's Clearly. right. Yeah, no, Clearly. Yeah. yeah. So he was an amazing guy. That's you can funny. see him walking a mile away, crying out loud. That's right. Oh, Lord. I got a statement for you, man, if you want to sure. just, you know, talk about it a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. So I know you've heard it before, but uh, a smart man learns from mistakes and a wise man learns from others mistakes. Sure. So what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? And is that, has that applied to your life? Is, have you used that? Have I made mistakes? Well, well, I'm just saying <laughs> it, it, watching <laughs> the others. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, um, and again, that's why I like the scene in the, um, the script. I was telling you about the book, um, Oak Timers day. And, um, I got the rights to, to, and wrote the screenplay. Um, it's about forgiveness, you know, and it's about not just forgiving others, but forgiving yourself. That's right. You know, um, you have to give yourself room to grow. And and if you never make mistakes, then you never right. did anything. Right. <laughs> you, know, you never tried to, uh, you know, no credit, to right? risk it all, <laughs> you know. And if you never did that, then... You don't know, you know, you learn from losing it, you know, from losing it all, you know, to um, think my brother, um, the engineer, we were talking uh, before about, you know, and he said he risked it all. And, you know, that, that made me proud of him because if you ain't willing to risk it all, then, you know, you're holding back and you don't hold back because you have to live your life like this is the last day. And if you don't do that, you're missing your life. You know, you're, you're putting off, you know. Um, and because live your life like it's the last day because one day you will be right. Right. <laughs> you know, so, and we don't know when our ticket is going to get called. That's you right. Know? Um, and wow. the worst thing in life is having regrets. Mm -hmm. You know, having regrets. And, um, Again, I was sharing with my brother, uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, most people don't realize that they are making history until it's way too late. See, because most people go through life just living and not being in the moment and understanding what you're doing now will matter and be looked at totally different 30 years from now. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like, you guys got me here mm -hmm. because of what I've done. And when I was doing it, I wasn't paying attention to what it was gonna mean later on and to whose lives it was gonna affect and help and change and different things. I was just being in the moment. And thank God, <laughs> because of Vietnam, um, I got the memo early uh, of being in the moment, of living life to the fullest every day and not holding back. That's why I don't rob, cheat, steal. Nowhere in my life you will find anybody to say, yeah, Foster didn't pay them or didn't help them. <laughs> <laughs> 
we had a sorry you know why I'm laughing because we talked about off yeah we had a guest on here oh yeah oh that's special guest that's why I'm laughing I'm sure knowing what we know. He'll go ahead and pay that tax. Yeah. <laughs> if you want me to talk, if you want me to talk about the point system, that I, I want like ten percent. That's it. Hit up the comment uh, section below if y'all think y'all know which one of our guests that we had on that we are alluding to. Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, they. I, I let them in on the on a, 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 a private secret. Kind yeah, of thing. it was yeah. great, yeah, but it was funny. It's six degrees of separation. Yeah, that, yeah. That's <laughs> right. We'll kick off the Patreon and tell that story after this. So yeah. That'll be our first yeah. clip on look, look for that compadres. We'll have a Patreon coming near you soon. Yeah. We'll do that right after the episode. Right? Yeah, look at some of the episodes. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, yeah, touching the basis on you know being a vet. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for you know everything you've done. Yes, thank you, man, um, for your services, bro. You know, uh, can you share with the audience at home some of the hurdles that you had to you know tackle and stuff and overcome yeah. to be at this point? And start where you're from, man. Where you're from, oh, yeah. Chicago, from and then South yeah. Side of Chicago. Got you, <laughs> South Side of Chicago. Um, you know, Obama. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's it's like I say that because being from the South Side of Chicago is just one of the uh, most armpits of the world. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, and it's a lot of hate. Uh, but being from there and having uh, the, re- the reason I went to Vietnam is I, I forged my birth certificate. I started forging at 15 years old oh, wow. to get away from the street wow. gang on the South Side of Chicago. So I'd rather go to Vietnam, and it was one of the best moves in my life. Yeah. Um, but being from the South Side of Chicago and being a vet, and and street gangs being such a a part of me because I saw and I was caught up in that, and not because I didn't have any choice yeah. because it was in our neighborhood, and our neighborhood was infested, and we got sucked into it because, you know. <laughs> if you wanted to walk around and not get beaten, your yeah. mom get beaten, y'all get family house get burglarized every two days and whatever have you, then you, you know, conform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That Vice, yeah. Vice Lord, GD, BD, Blackstone Ranger. Blackstone. Blackstone. Which later became the L. Rukins. And, you know, so it's like um, Obama was one of the first lights that, mm-hmm. you know, as being a, a elder brother and, you know, when Obama came up, what he was doing and showing somebody could come from Southside Chicago, and, and although that's not what he he didn't come up in the same environment that most of us did, you know that who are from Chicago. But what he did is he reflected something good in a young black man, and the word Southside Chicago, you know, mm, yeah. <laughs> basically um, that's the way I saw it, you know, and so that was a. That's a good thing, and that's why I say Obama, because, and I like what he's doing with the programs and stuff, you know, and yeah. I, I keep procrastinating on contacting some of those um, organizations in Chicago to about going in and speaking and doing whatever I could to help, because I think Chicago Hope, and I, I can't remember the name of Obama's program, but they but they have studio, like, you know, doing, yeah. they're doing it. Uh, if you look at one of the, Episodes of uh, uh, Sunday morning, I think it is. Uh, you'll see it uh, um, in the last couple of months too. Yeah. But um, yeah, Southside Chicago—that was my motivation. Uh, that's that was a hurdle. 
Um, and then uh, uh, Vietnam, the, <laughs> a sergeant that um, changed my life, uh, you know, coming in. And, and again, I don't know how much time that y'all do, but I don't want to go off on a lot of s- stories. So if it's anything specific, y'all let me know. But no, no, <laughs> we're here to hear your story. Talk, oh. talk, tell your story, okay. brother. Okay. Um, so you forged your you forged your birth certificate, and then you got into the into yeah. The, okay. I say, oh man, um, I had seen it coming. Right, my mom. First of all, let me just give all the praise to my mom, Jeanette Corder. And she, she raised four kids, and um, she had three. Then my stepfather came uh, in, and he was a nightmare on the weekend. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, weekend, <laughs> weekend alcoholic, right? Mm. But my mom, she was the secretary at the Catholic school we went to, St. Cyril's, in the day, and she'd take us home, get us fed, and start on the homework, and then she'd go back to the school, and she was the custodian at night oh wow oh wow right so she would mop the floors empty the trash cans buff the floors and all that stuff and um (laughs) and she started a newspaper branch out of the apartment building that we lived in three-story apartment building out of the basement and had us get our friends together and we used to deliver 300 chicago sun times newspapers in the morning time at six o'clock before we went to school at the catholic school right Mm -hmm. And so she managed the apartment building. We used to stoke coal and, you know, all that stuff, vacuum the the hallways. And um, she ran that for the German guy who owned it named Otto, a good guy. And she she drove taxi cab on the weekend, Mm. you know. uh, And, you know, it was like amazing moment, you know. So when you... Somebody says, well, I can't go to school and work at the same time. Right? <laughs> you going, one job? Give me a break. You know, that <laughs> shit don't happen very often now. There's yeah, no way. No, no, they don't work. We talking three so, jobs and two is at the same yeah, spot. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, we, yeah, so I, I um, but I had to escape the street gang because these guys, they tied us up, me, my brother, and four other guys. Mm. And beat us for hours. Um, and I know I was in trouble because the first guy they stood up and beat up was this guy's brother-in-law. And they knocked out all the teeth in his mouth. Mm. And he was married to his sister. Mm. Yeah. So, so you were like, I am in yeah, trouble. We're, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. He kept that in the family for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and... Um, yeah, you know, so I was the last one they beat up because I had this little group of smart guys. And then, you know, the, when you're involved in criminal activity, the other criminals hate a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you, that ain't the guy to be because, you know, you wouldn't, what, you, as they say, you wouldn't be a criminal if you were smart, right? <laughs> you know, so, so if you're in a group of guys who are not smart and you're trying to be smart, you know, they don't like you. So a lot of these adults, and I was 13, 14, 15 during this period, they were all like 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, like that, hardened gang member criminals and right. stuff, right? So... um I had my little group of guys, you know, um, 
my little burglary ring, you know. Uh, <laughs> mm. But I was the different kind of burglar that they hated because I wasn't breaking into people's houses and the stores. And so, like I did shit like I might break into something once or twice a year. And but I broke in a grocery store and emptied the grocery store out. Right. It's like a big, a big lick. Yeah, right. and then and then, but and then, I like that. Right? Yeah, and big got lick. away because smart. I gave all of the food to everybody in the neighborhood. Oh wow! You know all the perishables and everything. The only thing we kept was the cigarettes because we could sell, sell those, those. You know, yeah. and to the older people. But we gave away milk and meat and all that stuff and canned goods. You know, it's like. And that's why we never got busted because nobody ever told. Because I was like this Robin Hood. Right. I was yeah, going to say the Chicago it. Robin Hood. It was, it, yeah. Literally. It was, it, I was waiting yeah. like. Yeah, well, no, we, we, we loaded the whole grocery store into two empty uh, three-bedroom apartments. You know, and then and gave stuff away for the next, like, three days. Yeah. Mm. So so. Canned goods was the last stuff to go. But same, that same day, we... Um, <laughs> we gave away all the milk and the meat and stuff. But we almost got busted because there was, if somebody had been, you know, if they were the police of today, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> there was a trail of spam cans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went down the alley right. and across the fences and shit. You know and nobody didn't know it. We didn't notice it until later on, you know, that day. <laughs> it's like, it was spam cans every, like, 40 feet. Right. You know? <laughs> the original New Jack City, for sure. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, um, but yeah, Southside Chicago had to escape that. Right. Um, and, you know, the guy, um, and I don't even want to mention his name. You know, he's in prison now. He's doing. He was one of the baddest motherfuckers in the history of our country. Uh, he's doing a hundred to two hundred years. Um, he <laughs> can't even have visitors. That's how bad this brother. Dang. Yeah, only person he can visit can visit is is his lawyer. And, wow. Yeah, and it's like. But this bad, bad man, he told me that the only reason he wasn't going to kill me was it was too many witnesses. Mm. And that's why they let me go, and I passed out on the way home because I had, what, three broken ribs, 27 stitches. I had to get in my head. I passed out. I woke up in the hospital. And how old were you? Uh, I was 15. Holy shit. And, uh, <laughs> and it, yeah, but he was going to throw me in the lagoon tied up. Yeah. We were hog-tied, hands behind our back wow. to our feet, right? And uh, and they had after they beat me with this um, nickel plated riot gun, man, prettiest gun I ever seen in my life. It was like uh, pretty painful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was it was a nice gun. I had never, you know, because most of the guns back then, you know, sixties and stuff was like zip guns and old thirty eights and old, you know, uh, western. Revolver, <laughs> revolver. Yeah. Maybe you know you see a twenty two, but you know, the the real heavy guns was somebody had gotten a hold of carbine from the army, and then I saw uh, 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 a machine gun, Thompson machine gun, one time. You know, but there was plenty of guns though, you yeah, know, around, but not like today. It's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> kids died in the lagoon man every year. Um, trying to swim. So if they threw you in the goon tied up, you know, it was like, yeah. it's a wrap, you know. So I, um, I got back from, 
I got out of the hospital, went straight to the bus station, went to St. Louis to stay with my relatives, and I had already signed up because uh, I saw the writing on the wall. You know, I couldn't take much more of that neighborhood, so I was leaving. And I um, uh, came back from St. Louis on the day that, and got off one Greyhound bus downtown uh, Chicago, got off one Greyhound bus at like 7 in the morning, got on another Greyhound bus heading to the airport to go to San Diego like an hour later um, to go to boot camp in, you know, in San Diego for the Navy. And wow. life's never been the same. Wow, man. So that's crazy. So you left to go to Vietnam uh, from one, from the, to the biggest, yeah. wow. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. it was... Because like we talk downstairs and they know and everyone knows, my respect for vets is very high. And my father, every time I, we talked, I have so much respect for vets, especially Vietnam vets because I have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart just to know everything you guys went through and just how, and the ones that come back and just bless you and everything else. And your story from leaving that situation to go to that war at your age, everybody listening. <sighs> Be, be a man and listen to what this man is saying because he's telling the truth. We, these people <laughs> him on by little shit. This man here, yeah. God bless you, brother. Like, thank you, sir. It's, it's, yeah. This is amazing. Hey, I'm from hot water to hot lava. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, what yeah. Was, yeah. What was, it's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it was, was the narrative at the time. What were you hearing like when you when you did join up? Like, what was what was like like the general you know consensus on Vietnam and oh, and, don't and, go. Okay, yeah, yeah no, no, no you said, didn't, right? you didn't join. The military, you know, during my time, it was all the draft and mm-hmm. and everything, you know. But um, it, it was like he said, Don't you go. know, <laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, out of the frying pan into the fire, you know. It's like, but I chose the fire because I always had the uh, GI Bill in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to go to school, and I know my mother couldn't afford to send me to college, you know, and. Um, that's that was important. So I said, okay, it's two guarantees. If I get killed, my mom's gonna get ten grand. You know, uh, cool. Because if I get killed in the street, mom ain't getting a dime. Nah, you know. Right. So um, and the gang thing, I was just done with it. No, nah, you know, you I were. was just like that was the last, last, last straw. You know, I had already taken um, the test and stuff, passed the GED. Um, and you know, I was already, I was getting good grades and I had 4.0, I think it was, or 3.8 on the GED. And then I passed the Navy test. So it was just a matter. And, and again, I had forged my birth certificate. I made, <laughs> see, my mom got me a job working in the mail room at, uh, J Walter Heller. It was a publicity, uh, firm advertising agency in Chicago, downtown. I worked in the mail room, but that was when color Xerox machines were just coming out, man. So I had learned about all the different type of papers and stuff and how thick they were, how thin, and different kind of base and all these things. And color Xerox machine came. (laughs) And because we ordered everything from the rubber stamps and the inks and the papers and everything for the whole company, you know, came through the mailroom. And the Xerox machine, wasn't no Xerox machine on every floor, you know. Yeah. You took your stuff down to the mailroom. You know, I need four copies of this and da 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 So, man, I had always seen my birth certificate. My mom had, and, you know, I knew it was in it. And when I started learning about these different stocks and stuff, 
I was like, oh shit, I know what that is. That's a you know, <laughs> fourteen base so and so ball. Yeah, you know? right down to the T. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I took it and it I, it made it my mission to recreate this colored um Jefferson City, Missouri birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I did it and I took it to the recruiter and that shit was like flawless and it was it was perfect and um that's the only thing I ever kind of cheated on in my life, you know, because my mom whipped my ass about stealing one time. So, <laughs> so that made an impression, you know, it's like I ain't never stealing nothing ever again. Because <laughs> that don't work. You know? So, yeah. So I forged it and, um, and praise God, I got back, you know. It's like, hey, Memorial Day just passed right. and everything, you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. thinking about all of the guys, that's the part that me up, you know, is um, like, thinking about how lucky, how fortunate, you know, and that's why I don't, you know, I, I try to take advantage of life, you know, um, and again, I'll share this with you guys, because I don't know how much time y'all got left, but the three things that I've learned in life from, from being one, close to death a couple of times, um, and from just living, uh, there's three things because every time I've been close to death where you can feel it, smell it, taste it, it uh, death is a certain, it's got its own taste and odor and, uh, you know, it's hard to explain, but you know it when it's there, when that moment, those last moments, and for some reason have been snatched back. Um, the same three things come to you when you're about to leave here. One, the first one is I wish I could say goodbye to my mom. You know, and um, that one, you know, now I can answer that because I'll be at peace because I know I'll be going to see my mom, mm -hmm. right? Uh, second one is, <sighs> did I did I take advantage of life, of being able to walk and talk and read and write and see and feel and take, or did I make excuses and procrastinate? and talk about what I'm going to do and never do shit. Did I make excuses? Did I say it's somebody else's fault? Oh, the white man won't let me. Oh, you know, the Mexicans got all the jobs. Oh, if I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too bald. If it wasn't for this, if I, if I didn't have a gut, I could do it. If it wasn't, did I make excuses or did I wake up every day trying as hard as I can, doing as much as I can and taking advantage of life? Or did I just this life off and, and make excuses and I didn't live up to my potential. Uh, if you have to leave here and say, I didn't do what I could have done, that's going to be a sad day. That's the, that's your hell. You know? So, um, and the third thing is did I come here and take and take and take and take or did I do anything to enhance anybody else's life? Mm. Did I help anybody? Will anybody remember anything that I did to help somebody? Um, again, <laughs> if you have to leave here with your last breath and say, I didn't do shit for nobody, oof, that's gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. That's gonna, you know, you wow. want. You want to leave here at peace, answer those three questions every day, and you'll be okay. So.
I have never, <laughs> I have Bring never it. heard anything like that ever. That no. that is some real. I mean, you get me emotional. It's the truth. I mean, that is <laughs> yeah. the truth. That, that's know, that, I mean, I, that Ricky. Yeah, that's if, say it, B. You what should we say? Ricky. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to say message, but that's your thing. I, I got well, you. after yeah. that, I, I, I mean, man. Yeah. What, what can you say? I mean, I don't even know. What it is. Yeah, let's get into the music, man. Let's flash forward. Let's get into. Let's get okay. into that. Yes. Please, please, please let the audience at home know wow. how long you've been putting it down. When did it actually start and who was your musical influence? Your first musical, musical influence. influence, Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, he didn't hesitate. It, it, I love it. Yep. Yeah, you know, I met Miles one time, right? Um, and, it, and again, I was a major Miles fan before I, I met him. You know, it was, but. He was, and that's because just, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in, my dad, my dad was a uh, saxophone player. So in, um, in his early days, but I met Miles at Pete Cozy. Pete Cozy was uh, Miles Davis's band leader and percussionist. And um, in Pete's house, they used to rehearse at Pete Cozy's house, which was two blocks from my first studio in Chicago, Foster's Pet and Animal Photography. I, my first business business was uh, an animal photographer. Oh wow! Um, in Chicago, yes. I excuse me. Um, I set up a studio, and I ended up shooting the cow can dog food and cat food bags. Oh, that's cool. Which was, mm-hmm. you know, that was my first um, uh, as being one of the first African American animal photographers in the country. But I would hurry through with Miles. So I'm at Pete's house, right? Because my studio is right down the street, and. I'll be honest, uh, film school was very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to film school during the day. I was working assembly line at Ford Motor Company at night. And I ran my studio in between then, my photography studio, in between then and on the weekend. But also, I used to sell weed out the back door. (laughs) 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 That took a little... <laughs> right. Oh just, yeah, and, yeah, and it's all, straight up hustler right there. He's doing everything. I love it. It's just, and this is like 1975, you know, like four or five, and you know, I was back from Vietnam, and you know, 71, 72, and it was about you know, I had to work at first just to shake Vietnam off. Like I had said, I put it in the trunk mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. in it. but I worked at the VA hospital in the kitchen washing dishes when I first got back because I wanted to be productive. I didn't want to hear that baby killer shit. And yeah, the, of course. You know, all yeah. that negative that yeah. was going mm-hmm. and floating. So I hid out in the um, in the dietitian dormitory <laughs> for about a year. You know, going from room to room with all the dietitians. You know, it was like, it was a dietitian school. So it was full of like probably 75, 80 women. They lived in this one dormitory on the VA campus while they was going to school. Yeah, so it was like, I didn't even have to go home and you know. Uh, <laughs> you was already at home. Yeah, it was, it was a good you know, learning experience. Oh, yeah. so, good, good learning experience. Yeah, a lot of biology there. Huh? Yeah, and and it allowed me to leave Vietnam. You know, and feel, yeah, and feel good about myself instead of listening to all the negative stuff that people were saying about you know you if you went to the military fighting for the man, motherfucker. You know, the right. fuck the white man. You know, you going out there killing the man, and I knew all that. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, right. You know, but still, all our th- situations are different. Yeah. So. That helped me uh, come back. And then, um, you know, 
But anyway, I'm sorry, I got off the point. Miles. So I'm at Pete's house because I was just dropping off something for him. And Miles was in, in the other room, you know. And Miles had been there before, you know. And, but that wasn't my business, you know. I'm right. photography and photography. So I was talking to Pete about I, I was torn between buying this camera, right? I was going to buy a Nikon or I was going to buy a Pentex. You know, if I bought the Pentex, I could get the body and a lens or two. If I got the Nikon, all I could get is the camera body and I got to save up to get a lens, you know? Because <laughs> like, I was one of those nerds for many, many years walking around with a camera around his neck, right? Well, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second though. But anyway, so, so Miles is in the other room. Warming up. And he overheard me and Pete talking, right? And he came through the curtain and he looked over and he's like, Shouty. If you ever gonna buy something, buy the most expensive shit. Because you can always take it to the pawn shop. <laughs> and I was like, that's wow. awesome. Wow. <laughs> and you know, good moment of advice, right? <laughs> I, I must have had 30 cameras in my life after that. Right. And probably half of them went to the pawn shop. <laughs> you know? And I got them back, but he was right. A yeah. pawn shop don't take that cheap shit. You know, so if you have any, he said, he, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, he said he hadn't had a horn, hadn't been in the pawn shop, right? Right, right? And it was like, wow, that shit stuck with me, you know? So I bought the Nikon, and it eventually one day it was in the pawn shop. <laughs> and, I, and I thought about Miles, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but Pete Cozy was a deep dude in itself, you know, because back in the day, day, all Pete was, was an army blanket. He had an army blanket, he cut a hole in it. Just oh, poncho, basically. And put a belt on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pete was deep dude, man. He was deep, but he's awesome. If you look him up, Pete Cozy, um, a hell of a percussionist and, and museum uh, musician. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that kind of that kind of fostered you into to the music video scene, right? Or is that further down the road? Oh, it's way further down oh, okay, the road. Okay, yeah, that's, okay. Let me not skip that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. You yeah, can yeah, skip. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, yeah. the music video thing. See, I, I ended up in the record business by way of the film business because I had Blackbird Films, which was the first African-American-owned commercial production company in the country, right? Mm -hmm. um, Johnny Simmons and I. Uh, Johnny Simmons is a very successful cinematographer in Hollywood and shot a lot of TV shows and, um, and you know, films and different stuff. He's my brother. So we started Blackbird Films together. And um, we had Gordon Parks, Bill Duke, Stan Lathan, Kevin Hooks, Elaine Head, Jorge Eula, and we had the first Bill Duke uh, group of. Uh, I gave Bill Duke his first. Uh, that dude's AD funny as job, shit, bro. Second I AD love that job. dude. Yeah, oh, he, really? Yeah, he used to be my beard whisk partner too. We kick ass around Hollywood at all the parties <laughs> yeah. playing beard whisk. Nobody could ever beat me and Bill Duke playing beard whisk, man. We was out of the team, right? But um um. So yeah, Blackbird, we we did the first commercial uh, with a black company that McDonald's ever uh, worked with. We did the one, the most famous one is the one with B.B. Um, uh, King that they used to play all the time before he died with, uh, hate to put you down, but do 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac Chicken, right? Mac Chicken, yeah. What'd you say to Lucille? 
And um, and then there was um, a Mac rib with Sinbad. That it's like people always used to say, Sinbad, why is Mac rib on? Uh, you know, only for a limited time. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I and, remember uh, that for sure. Uh, yeah. So those we were the first black company that uh, McDonald's worked with wow. at that time, and uh, that was through uh, Burrell and yeah, and but it was about giving opportunities. You know, that's what I did at Capitol Records. Uh, after Blackbird, um, and the vice president of uh, film and video at Capitol was a, um, a Vietnam vet, a Marine. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so you got to understand, at this time, the only people on MTV was Michael Jackson and Rick James had broke in, right? Yeah. But there were nobody of color at any of the record companies in any of the executive suites and stuff. And um, so the NAACP was putting pressure on all the record companies and Capitol Records was the first ones to commit. They said that if they could find uh, somebody qualified, they would hire, they would commit to hiring a uh, music video, film and video executive, right? As director of production. And so I heard this at an NAACP meeting and I said, well, shit, I throw my hat in the rack, right. in the ring, you know what I mean? It's like, they can tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I submitted for it, and they called me and said, Foster, you know, uh, Mick Clever would like to meet with you. And I went and I met with them, and it turned out he was a Vietnam vet and mm. um, uh, a Marine and hell of a man, too, bright as I learned so much from Mick Clever, it was crazy. But they gave me this job. But what I didn't know, it was, Ken, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my autobiographical documentary now, and I'm doing it as a one-man show uh, on the stage. I don't know if you saw the Mike Tyson. No, yeah. Undisputed Truth. It's very like that, because that goes back to what I was saying about the cameras, right? Mm. The nerd. See, I had a 35-millimeter camera around my neck, uh, pretty much I got pictures of every month of my life since 1965. So when when they came out with cameras and cell phones, that was like, holy shit, look at this. It's amazing. Look at that shit. Do you know what this means? <laughs> I'm serious. Y'all take, take it for granted. Right? <laughs> Man, that shit changed my life. Do you know I was... Okay, you know how people feel about getting on the metro, right? And right. the train issue, yeah. right? That's how, imagine that feeling every day when you walk around with a Nikon around your neck. You know, back in the day when everybody was broke and nobody had a 35 millimeter, <laughs> especially no black man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want a 35 millimeter Nikon. Right. Okay, your fucking life is in jeopardy. Okay, <laughs> go all, all the, time. the time. That's like walking around with the bling bling and shit, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. right? It's a 35 millimeter camera, man. 800 bucks? You know, it's like 800 bucks is a lot of money today. Yes. Right. You know how much it was in 1970, <laughs> 77, yeah. 75, you know. So, Talking about shit. licks, she was walking around like a big lick. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I was taking pictures, you know. And the same thing with Johnny Simmons, right? My, that's why we kind of, we bonded. But um, so anyway, um, I'm doing, I'm writing that. I'm putting that all down now, my memoirs. But just, I, I say the Mike Tyson thing because, what impressed me about it was the images. Yeah. And I got images 
I got images. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, so anyway, going back, that was the experience at Capitol that they didn't tell me about was I started to title my show First Black, No Thanks, Make Me Second. You know, because that shit's your sacrificial lamb, man. Uh, You know, the Martin Luther Kings and the Gandhis and all of the people who decided to be the first, you know, person. Shit, that that comes with a cost, a lot of self-sacrifice. You know, you have to be bigger than yourself to do it. Because when I got that job at, at Capitol, you know, all the white people said, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's just a token. They had to hire somebody black to, you know, chill in WCP out. And then all the black people from New York to L.A. who wanted to have a production company or um, uh, be it, get into the business, right? Because you got to understand, at that time, it was three people in Hollywood who you really wanted to know who were big. They could make you famous. Person that could give you a movie deal and put you in a movie. Uh, the person who could give you a TV show and put you, you know, on TV and a TV show. And the person who could put you in a music video that's going to be on MTV and VH1. Right, 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 right. You know, so it's like I was one of those people, right? And all in the black directors and producers, which weren't a shitload of at that time, but still they were there. Every, that's why I got my job is because, you know, the movement was happening and, and people wanted to be represented. Well, they all called me Uncle Tom. Mm. All he wanted to do is work with white people. He don't want to work with nobody black. Now, before I got my job, these black directors and producers weren't getting jobs anyway. But now that I got my job, it's my fault mm. that they weren't yeah, getting right. right? Yes. So it was like a lot of knives in the back. So Grabbed I had bucket. to go within, and um, and I did that till my some my so called best friends, who people I was trusting, let me down, and I found that was backstabbing, and then that drove me to drugs, you know, and because you know, like Richard Price and JoJo Dancer. Them rich, <laughs> they don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, we gonna get through this shit. So, you know, so that was on point. Yeah, just real. You know, that was so on point. So, um, you know, it took a minute to to get level off of that to back up to understand what was happening and who you know. Um, so that was some sacrificial time, but I learned a shitload, you know, I mean, I learned so much. Um, and it, it was, it was worth it, you know, and, and then right, right rolling out of that was the digital age. See, cause that was like digital was just barely breaking the service. I mean, the Adobe rep used to come to my office and say, Foster, Foster, I'm going to show you something. This is going to be amazing. You're going to love this. I was like, what is this? He's like, this is gonna be digital editing. Mm-hmm. You know, all this shit that you're doing and spending, you're going to be able to edit these music videos right in your office one day. Wow. And I was like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're shooting 35 millimeter film and a hard drive at that time was like this big, about that thick. Mm. Okay, that was the hard drive, man. It was like uh, uh, a tape 
like a three quarter inch tape. You guys seen three quarter oh, yeah, inch tape? Absolutely. This, that yeah, was that was the standard uh, a beta tape. That was as high as you get. But that shit was all analog. Put in a tape. Take out a tape. You know, you have four machines and ching, 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 and you know, <laughs> a but, lot of work. But it was a long way from that movie Ola. You know, sitting there with the pedals under the table and shit would break and you get the rubber, razor blade out and you got to get up and go to the other machine and Damn, go in. And then the audio track, you had to cut that motherfucker and come Very back, surgical. load them up. Yeah, that was that was filmmaking to the extent of like typewriter versus your phone. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and uh, but it was a separation too because... You had people who were dedicated and did the the uh, the homework, like I was telling you guys. What I was impressed about um, to learn filmmaking, you know, because uh, the emulsions and different things. Now today, again, you know, they got iPhone production, so it's good and it's bad about digital. Because the good thing about it is anybody can make a movie. But the bad thing about it is anybody can make a movie. <laughs> 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 it's like you know, both the saturated yeah, market, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, right. and and yeah. and and even the saturated market is okay. It's just that the, and I don't want to say quality level because that is only a tiny part of it. Uh, it the work, you know, because. Because sometimes creativity is subjective, you know. I can't say I don't like your stuff or, you know, his stuff. Or because that's, I didn't make it, you know. I don't get to not like your shit. I just get to observe it, you know what I mean? If in, and try to understand what you were trying to say, you know, what you were offering and stuff, you know. It's like. So, but we get caught up, you know, it's like the internet. Everybody thinks that their opinion matters. You know what I mean? It's like, just cause they got a keyboard. Right, right, know? right. And a lot of times it'd be better if you just shut Y'all hear this? <laughs> I can't say too much, but <laughs> I want to definitely say this. We didn't touch too much basis on the amazing work you've done as a director. Mm-hmm. So we, Please need to have you back on the episode oh, for that. Oh sure, you guys are great, we man. Definitely have to. I, have I you love back to on come that. back on you guys. Oh, oh, man. This, this is this is so beautiful. Let me tell you, because um, these guys are smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part, you know. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Oh, it's a pleasure honestly. having you on. Thank you so much. I do. Before we get out of here, though, I do sure. got to ask you about Dynamite, Black Dynamite. What's, so is that, you got the, that, you own that, right? Uh, Dolomite? Dolomite. Yeah, I Dolomite. said Dynamite. That's all right. Black Dynamite. Yeah. That was wow. a, let's My say, bad. Well, that Dolomite. was a Dolomite. That was, hey, don't, don't be upset. Yeah, that was a Dolomite tribute. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Michael, Michael Jai and them, they was yeah. doing Dolomite. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's just that, and I understand how and why they did it like that. You know, there's a whole bunch of shit up around Dolomite. You know, <laughs> right. A lot of people. Which is going to be corrected yes. in what? The Daughters of Dolomite? Yeah. Daughters yeah. of Dolomite. Yeah. The Daughters of Dolomite yes. is oh, alive and well. Yes, Sorry. that's. Sorry. Y'all look forward Time to that. Point. You know, um, Let's feel that happens. It's, You're good. It's, it's going to be interesting. And I'll come back and we'll get into the whole Dolomite world because it's a lot. There's a lot and, there. Uh, yeah, it sounds yeah, good but, to me. But the Daughters of Dolomite, y'all can definitely look out for that and yes. support. And you can go to the website, thedaughtersofdolomite.com, and, uh, and find it on the web. You know, y'all young ones. 
I'm saying it now and, and 50 months already. <laughs> they've, been there, they've been there for a minute and a half. Uh, uh, what else has <laughs> yeah. he been into? So, yeah. Oh, okay. He's one person, amazing. that person. Oh, snap. He's a lover of men's best friends. Yeah, we're going to definitely touch that too. Yeah. There's a lot of research that we've done. I need to feed my daughters, isn't it right? Daughters to feed. Daughters to feed. Yeah, daughters to feed films. You know Joe has a pet peeve about, you know, Stepping in dog shit. So, oh man, y'all got dogs? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. What you got? I got a pit bull mix. He's oh, a pit, he's a pit bull and a um, pointer. He goes up the gas station P CP all the time. He's thirteen years old. Going on two. Two. He's still like a damn puppy, and I love him to death. And like well, I've talked before, I know about you with dogs. Like, if, yeah. If, when if I come people, back, we can get into people that. People were like dogs. Yes. We have a better world. Oh, absolutely. But see, again, that's why I say the hate is the problem. The hate. Yeah. Don't stop hating, my. That's just that, it's just that simple. The world would change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and they like, hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's like, man. Um, yeah, pit bulls. That's unconditional love. Is a dog, man. You have no see, idea. And, and humans, through. if humans could get that message, yep. The unconditional love. love, man. You know. And, you ain't got to snip nobody, but <laughs> just but just, just <laughs> unconditional love. Just be glad to see them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Just be glad to With see them. With or without them. a treat. You yeah, know? you ain't got to do, you know, nobody ain't asking you to snip their ass. They asking you for unconditional love. love. Period. Stop hating and be loving. Y'all hear that, compadres. And show some love down in the comment section. Like, subscribe, and all that good That's stuff, right. man. Get them numbers up. Get them numbers up. We do this for y'all. Come on now. And as always, compadres, to my left, the man himself. I am underscore Ilson. And also to my right as well. I'm the real Joe Rosati. And you know me, <laughs> SBP. And Mr. Foster, yeah. please let them know all the, the search engines so they can find you. I know they'll be Googling it. But uh, I'll say this. Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R-C-O-R-D-E-R, -E -E period. Foster Quarter, after that, you know, the young motherfuckers. <laughs> get to Googling. Don't make shit. sure. Get to Googling. Me, I'll be like, how yeah. they do <laughs> I, I send my daughters a text, and before I can pull my thumb off the phone, they stay. It's a reply. Yeah, they responded three times and liked it. I was like. I was thinking you was going to write something, so I just yeah. jumped the gun. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, how the fuck they do that? I can't even move my thumb that fast. And they did a whole paragraph, so yeah. So y'all find me if you want to find we'll me. We'll make sure to put that in the description. Man. That's right. All that's right. right. And you know what to do at this point compadres that's at c-o-m-p-o-d-r-e-s and next week we'll be back